0: Give me a moment's peace and take out the
1: trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage.
0: Hey, listen, Greenie, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go
1: to the junkyard. Hello, and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, sit down on our couch and peruse the movies to find what we hope to be hot trash. Joe, what are we doing wrapping up? Really, with this episode? Yes, this is the end
0: of our YA books that became failed franchises, movie franchises. That is,
1: yeah, not just YA, children's as well.
0: I feel like if we want series, to, of unfortunate events is definitely children's. Yeah,
1: if we want to step into the YA, we can get into Maze Runner and uh, that, and no, that ended. What's the other one uh, that didn't end? Divergent? Divergent, yeah, <laughs> that's we, the one that didn't end. <laughs> we can jump into that anytime we want, but. What we're talking about today also sadly has not ended yet i'm holding out over a decade later you No, know, it's
0: never been a fi- it's over two decades later you know it's never been officially canceled
1: that's true uh <laughs> the studio that made it has been <laughs> swallowed up by another company into nothing hey joe uh what did we watch this
0: week we watched aragon our beautiful
1: lands have been ravaged by a ruthless king and our people live under the shadow of tyranny. As long as I
0: am the king, disloyalty will be punishable by death.
1: There is no one left for you to fear, my king. It wasn't always like that. There was a time when the world lived in peace, protected by warriors astride mighty dragons.
0: They are nothing but stories now. All we have is hope that a dragon will be born again and one will rise to
1: lead us to freedom. So I saw this movie originally uh, before the book. I think this is the first in our podcast. or Well, the last two episodes we did. I went to see it with my cousins and brother and they had all read the book. They were a little older than me. And so they had read it and I was super psyched uh, because I, I felt kind of grown up going with my older cousins to see this gritty
0: fantasy yeah
1: I probably saw this before I saw Lord of the Rings anyway so I I watched it I remember loving it I remember them loving it I remember everyone loving this movie I really wish I could go back in time because I bet they did not love it
0: (laughs) Capture those feelings I
1: bet they were just nice enough not to spoil little Caleb's fun (laughs) but even when I read the book because I quickly uh, picked up the probably picked up the audiobook. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the series, but I still still had a great fondness for this movie and got this DVD copy from the YMCA rewards. Oh, uh, I remember section. those. Yeah, I got, we got this in a bunch of seasons of monk <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, man, that,
0: does that not just encapsulate your personality
1: <laughs> every time you visited the Y or did like a fitness challenge, you got points on their online portal. And uh, you could trade them in for great things like the Aragon movie, the full screen edition, the full screen edition that now, sadly, uh, you know, 15 years later, skips a bunch.
0: And you miss like half the screen because it's so cropped. It's like terribly cropped. It's not like you're missing any good cinematography. Yeah, we'll get into that. Hey, uh, Joe, what was what's your exposure to Aragon? I saw this movie probably shortly after it came out because my dad uh, definitely listened to the audiobook. He was a huge man what were they called? Playaways? Yeah, was that the ones from the library: Yeah, we
1: talked about those are Percy Jackson episodes. Yeah, did we No, yeah. series of unfortunate events. No, because I discovered Percy Jackson from a play. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, he loved Playaways. He'd always listen to those when he went to the Y um, and loved Aragon. and that, th- I think this movie, it may not have been my first exposure. It's definitely one of my f- first memories of. Uh me watching something and hearing that's not in the book. See <laughs> <Yeah, I laughs> during was, during a during a movie watching experience. I
1: was the one who usually did that. So <laughs> I'm usually like Reaper Cheap isn't that color of brown.
0: <laughs> I, I distinctly remember the moment where Sapphira grows up and my dad going, Oh, oh they're skipping all that.
1: <laughs> the story here, for those of you who aren't up on your long finished uh fantasy it's series. Not that long
0: finished. Inheritance came out in what? 2011,
1: 2012? Say that again, Joe.
0: It's, okay, it's been 10 years. Yeah, but <laughs>
1: long finished. <laughs> it, the story is basically Star Wars, but instead of lightsabers, the people have dragons, and instead of the force, they use magic. It's basically beat for beat, A it's, New Hope. It's very derivative. <laughs> and, and this movie actually is more derivative than the book, which oh, is yeah. already fairly derivative. Oh, yeah. And this also, I should say, I still love the books, but this is the only book that has a story. The rest are just exposition with like framing devices. I don't know. This one is, this one is pretty framing device of there's an evil
0: King, but there's not actually any like conflict happening except for there's a, there's these evil demons that tried to kill us. So we're going to run. That's there's no external conflict other than that,
1: but there is a progression. Like I guess because like he's learning the magic and everything. Because uh, young Aragon, one day while in the forest, the spine discovers a mysterious stone, which turns out to be a dragon egg, uh, and it hatches. They're in a the universe where there used to be dragon riders, but then Emperor Palpatine, I mean Galbatorix, came along, <laughs> and he he had a young apprentice named Darth Vader. I mean Morzan <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, our Obi-Wan Kenobi of the movie, Brom, also lives in this village. Uh, oh, man.
0: Hey, Han, Han Solo does way more than Murtag does in this movie. Help me, Jeremy. Also- I through
1: my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Murtag, sadly, uh, my my favorite character as a child, um, shows up three times. I think
0: you're the reason why my memory of this of this movie is so scattered where I thought Murtag was Braun because I remember, yes, he did stuff in this movie. You know who I didn't remember? The guy who shows up three times.
1: I, yeah. Murtag was big for me. He was my username for a long time on different things like Millsberry.com and, <laughs> and a website that was just like Murtag 67 at, I don't know, whatever, like web. Dot web dot com whatever.
0: Oh, speaking of which I checked to see if those sites are still active. Oh, they
1: still exist. <laughs> the the like the The free
0: webs that's what they are now the domain change
1: so all our old websites are still up. i
0: deleted mine after finding out that it was still active
1: i mean i don't i have no idea what my password would be i don't know how i could get to deleting it well anyway if anyone wants to find (laughs) (laughs) mertag67.web.com it's out there man this movie uh what's there to say it is you know you asked me about halfway through if this was accurate to the book or if it was more like yeah a- because
0: that's i think that's been a clear theme of the, these movies we've watched where they uh they haven't been too f- set on a franchise it seems like where they go for a very standalone thing and they fundamentally change a lot of the framing to make this into a series this one doesn't really besides the fact that it has no Big conflict to they, goal
1: basically beat for beat. Everything that happens in this movie happens in the book. It's just that this is the Renfair version of what's happening in the book. Like locations are pared down from like cities to mud villages, enemies are like pared down from like you know, uh, these like cool orc type dudes to guys in face paint. Yeah. Um, and obviously a ton of the character progression and lore is cut down quite a bit, which I think. In terms of the lore and the world building, I think kind of works here up until a certain extent, but I don't think you need Galbatorix's whole backstory. I think you get what's going on from what you get in this movie. The main changes come in the third act, but even then you could easily make a sequel from where they leave it. Yeah, easily. The the things they change are like Murtag is assumed dead. Jamon Hasu's character is dead. Uh, Arya does not the a, book. Yeah. Arya doesn't leave for the elves right away. So small things like that that could easily you could write your way around. Yeah. If you know, we lived in the wonderful world where this did make money. <laughs> no, it made money, just not enough. This
0: this was not a huge bomb. This made its budget back and then some. It just clearly was not the success they were hoping it would be.
1: But more than half of that was worldwide, and yeah, especially in the 2000s, that was not going much,
0: to. be a much bigger domestic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, this is a this is an effects heavy story with the drag. It was also critically panned. Too. Yeah, oh yeah, yes, it did poorly. <laughs> but like just from a financial perspective, um but I think you can definitely see that everything everything in this movie like was funneled into making Safira work. Like all the money, all the like all the scenes are written around her. All the money is drawn towards mm-hmm. her. Now, it doesn't always work like in the end when you see the dragon armor and it's completely different from what gets put on the model.
0: (laughs) The thing you've seen literally 10 seconds before and then she shows up, it's like, that is not what was being displayed.
1: (laughs) Completely different. I don't know. I guess they wanted armor with less like that didn't cover Saphira's face in the final battle. Yeah, probably. Or maybe just this is a super oh, cheap actor. movie. Which, you know, that's an actor. That's an
0: actor thing. This is a CG model of a dragon. I feel like it would be cool to
1: make her look fearsome. But since that's like the central thing, what do you think about Safira? Ah,
0: like a lot of stuff in this movie. She's kind of boring. <laughs> she is a dragon. And that is about all there is to her.
1: I feel like you could take all the Rachel Weisz dialogue, cut it out, and you would not miss anything. <laughs> not a beat. There's there's no connection to Aragon. She never like demonstrates that she is also a character who needs to learn stuff and grow up and stuff. She just no because uh, she has all the knowledge immediately. Yeah, and like she also has Rachel Wise's voice. So like you have this child next to like an adult woman. Yeah, and so it's like oh well, of course the dragon knows what she's talking about. But I will put it this way: For 2006, she looks good. Oh, no, no, she.
0: I was surprised at how much she held up. Aragon on her does not hold hold up no, as much. No but she looks pretty darn good in every scene that she's in.
1: Yeah, and especially when they show her flying. Not when they do like the POV drone shots or helicopter shots. Those look bad. But when she's flying, you get a real sense of like movement and speed, excitement. That stuff's good. And I'd say the final battle's pretty solid, too, between her and the smoke dragon. So the problem with a lot of stuff comes in, this, this movie is a,
0: I wouldn't call it a brisk 100 minutes. But it's, you know, it's not, it's not this long two hour epic or, you know, with its uh, companions and the fantasy world at the time of Lord of the Rings movies.
1: I think it's safe to say they have the foot on the gas the whole time. Yeah, they
0: have their foot on the gas there. There are very, very quick cuts and dialogue to where these conversations are very get through the conversation on to, on to point B, get through the conversation, just point C. So there's there's not really any time to really care about anyone or anything going on
1: that's true it and because it's so tropey like they're literally there's a scene that they literally just pull from Empire Strikes Back where Durza like kills one of his Urkels and then turns to another one it's like congratulations on your promotion (laughs) like exact same
0: so I know that's a big critique of the book nowadays it's that it's like very tropey but it's kind of thrown away with with it being like okay he was like 15 when he wrote the first book or whatever so it's a little excusable. I'm I'm on that page because nothing's original nowadays. You can see every I mean, Star Wars is super tropey. Yeah. Like it's it just so happens they're ripping off a very tropey thing already. But the main problem comes is just everything is so wooden and stilted. There's like no charisma
1: between any
0: of these actors.
1: Well, oh, that brings up a good thing I wanted to say. Uh Jeremy Irons in this playing Braum or Obi Wan. Super jittery. Like yeah. he, ah. he looks like he's just like chugged like five espressos before going on set. And I think that would work because he's an actor. Like he knows how to handle himself and he has a lot of gravitas in his voice and stuff. But man, this kid playing Aragon is a is just like so stiff next to him. So you have Jeremy Irons, who's just walking around the set, like constantly doing stuff with his hands, making these weird kind of expressions. And then, Cardboard cutout. I'm Aragon. I have a dragon. We have to go save the princess. This I mean, this guy was 18 when he shot this
0: movie. Like, this is this is a rare case of like this actor's playing like actually his age.
1: Yeah, and I I think he's not terrible. No. I just think him and Jeremy Irons are in completely (laughs) different wavelengths. It's
0: it's it's it's
1: kid on his first day on the big movie set. Having to act against Jeremy Jer- Irons. <laughs> and when he's not acting against Jeremy Irons, against the dragon who's, yeah, not who's not there. Yeah, not there. But you, again, that's actually not too bad. They get it, the eyelines down. Except for one time
0: at the very end where he's not looking at her. Yeah, he's having to act against someone who is not there against someone who I'm guessing they didn't, I, I'm betting at that point when they're filming, they do not know who's voicing the good dragon at that point. Oh yeah, probably. So like there, there is no idea on how this how these conversations are going to go he's not doing a terrible job there he just has nothing going for him
1: yeah i'd say that's that's fair i would say that's the same with aria mertag but man do they get nothing to do so i have no they idea show
0: up so late into the movie Arya technically shows up at the beginning but she doesn't do anything she's unconscious
1: for most of it yeah. and mertag Murtag shows up for three scenes he really does you see him You see him in the village. You see him during the rescue, which you see after the rescue. If you had not pointed him out in the village, I wouldn't have known. I would have been like, oh, weird. Well, I just think that's some shady guy in the village. Well, that's exactly what you're supposed to think. But we'll go. We'll circle back to the village because I want to talk about one other thing in there. So you have all you have like uh, the rescue scene you have when they're uh, when they go to the Varden, and then the battle and then Mm -hmm. the end. So like six scenes total. All right. And like it's this thing where Aragon's about to like throw away all the credit he has with the Varden to like save Murtek, and you're like, "Why? <laughs> like I care about him He saved his life. he owes a life debt now. I care about him because I like projected onto the edgy <laughs> like outside character, but I don't know, man. uh Jaman Hassu's in this. he's fun.
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> guess it's more it's more he's fun knowing he's in this less than the character is actually fun yeah that's true nothing in this movie is fun
1: his daughter has that uh 2000 circuit that's fun (laughs) wait would you say that um would you say durza's fun like just hamming it up not
0: really because everybody's just everybody's it's like everybody was like all right act but there was this brick wall that like they could not rise above a certain level of just ham or like investment or anything to where like sure there's is playing the maniacal villain
1: but only just enough well and you know it's a thing where they shot this movie in slovakia and hungary yeah usually with that kind of thing for extras they just get like locals because it's more expensive than flying out other people Mm -hmm. so i bet a lot of these guys that Durs is acting against a lot of the oracles don't even know English yeah they're probably just like <laughs> random Hungarians <laughs> and so like because all they have to do is stand there and grunt like they never have I, they don't even have
0: to be there in the scene with him those could be pickup shots that's like, true yeah
1: <laughs> this whole thing is very cheap every okay that's my main thing
0: okay this has a, a fair budget for the time a big budget for the time 100 million that, that's a lot of money uh, in 2006 for these kind of movies but man
1: these are the flattest shots. This, this looks like a made-for-TV movie. Like, mm. of the time. It looks like something off of, like, Merlin or something. <laughs> I was
0: actually <laughs> probably doing a discredit to Merlin, but... Well, okay. So they're on location for a lot of time, which I can commend. There's now a, a huge amount of, like, super green screen or, like, super, like, we built this set in the back, in the back lot shot. Yeah. But there's just no dynamicness to any of these shots. Everything looks like as soon as they get past like the foreground, it's just a flat wall. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> this director does not know how to make like depth or just like a wide, uh, like a, a grand setting.
1: And there are just so many weird stylistic choices where like they go to the Varden and they're all like in by like Byzantine armor, but then they also have dwarfs, but they can't afford to do tricks f- photography. So the dwarfs are just like, Guys who are under 5'8, like, and have Scottish accents. Like, it's just completely weird styles thrown together with no coherent logic. Uh,
0: Well, and the world's just so tiny at this point because what? There's 10 speaking characters.
1: Well, and just you think locations there's uh, village, forest, castle, forest, forest, other castle, mud village, other castle, (laughs) mountains. And we really blowed it, blowed the budget because we wrapped up the movie in a field. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. We wrap up the movie against the cloth. Oh yes, that's true because man, I really hope John Malkovich got paid a lot for his one day on set in his, you don't even know who he is for the first like 45 minutes, dungeons and dragons (laughs) ass set. (laughs) with his it's a big chair in a big room with red a, with a like a big map covering the back lot of wherever they're shooting you talked about like they built a set this is the yeah. set they built
0: yeah that's like the only one though
1: yeah and john malkovich came here at eight o'clock and he left at three <laughs> supposed to leave at four but he decided not to eat lunch so he could get done quicker <laughs> And oh, and the sound effects when the Brahm is fighting the uh, the Raza or whatever the bug people are called. It's oh, yeah. the most tinny sounds of the swords hitting each other. Cartoons get like have a stock sword sounds that are more convincing. Oh,
0: there's a part where they're walking through some village early on in the movie. I was like, I heard the World of Warcraft smithing effect. like It was the same
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm kind of delighted in how cheap this movie looks. It's It's bizarre because, like, this
0: isn't incompetent. This isn't like a movie of someone who just doesn't know what they're doing. It's just someone in over their head.
1: Uh, This movie had three editors, and I think you can tell. Oh, there's a lot of very choppy things. There's yeah, there's just there was not enough coverage shot on a lot of this. So you like there's just not a lot of continuity in the action. Well, and every
0: everything's everything's shot so close up. Like there's never there's establishing shot shots or like the the flying shots where someone's having to follow on horse where bronze having to follow on horseback and stuff like that but that's like the only time you'll ever get something that's not super close up with everybody
1: I just don't think they had good choreography or even that they like and maybe maybe it's just because this is a special effects guy who's directing and yeah. he was so focused on like figuring out the how the effects were gonna work. I don't think he ever figured out how the shots were going no, to relate to There's like
0: no pre-production. Yeah, like, it's just like, and we're shooting, and we're we'll figure it out in post. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which you know, I think he's mainly concerned with where the dragons going to be. <laughs> Which you know,
0: he succeeded.
1: <laughs> but maybe that's why he should be head of visual effects on this movie, and they should have gotten someone else to direct. The cinematographer isn't isn't a no name. Like you would recognize some of the movies he did. He's not a like. A respected person in his field. This isn't, he's not a first
0: time director and first time lead actor.
1: Yeah, yeah. But there is, you start getting into like the writer and you start getting into like some of those positions and you're like, oh, these are people who they did other things and this was their attempt to make it big. Yeah. And they did not have many credits after Aragon. A lot of this cast did. Yeah. The, well, I mean, several of these cast members were already. In yes. stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that, a lot of the younger cast, I should say. Yeah. Uh,
0: this wasn't a career killer.
1: Aaron's on Outlander and in an Abbey.
0: Yeah. Like two very successful TV shows. Yeah,
1: that's pretty good. Those are two very solid paychecks.
0: Yeah. Uh, Murtag's actor kept doing movies and stuff. He was in Tron Legacy. And I mean, that movie bombed too. But yeah, but like. He's he, continued to do
1: movies and stuff. He had some legs. Even Aria's actor, did she do anything?
0: She she's Jill Valentine in the Resident Evil movie. She's the uh not the main character because that's what's her name? Mila Jovovich. Yeah. But she, she is a main player in every single Resident Evil movie.
1: So you're getting a lot of people who are like, and it's the same thing with the cinematographer. They aren't stars. They aren't like artists. It's a bunch of sea listers, but they're
0: career sealisters. Yeah,
1: it is it is journeyman actors yeah. and like craftspeople who are doing a fairly okay job. I think where this really falls apart is like, like I said, the, the basic editing of just making sure that shot a relates to shot B. And then just with the production design, how cheap this, it's looks. just so passable. Like it's and, and a movie like this, especially at this
0: time where like Lord of the Rings has just wrapped up the, the, these huge budget fantasy movies that are so grand and and scope.
1: And had so much attention to detail. Yeah, too.
0: and where this is just, it's just going. It's by the numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, of, and, of
0: of something that was already like of just a very tropey thing that already existed.
1: And I think I think that's the real trick here is that you look at it, it's like why didn't this succeed as an adaptation of this? Well, because they cut so much out, sure. But I think the bigger problem was just this was the wrong time to do something like this. Yeah. Even and that kind of relates to Percy Jackson. It's like, well, Percy Jackson was just falling off the coattails of Harry Potter. It's kind of the wrong time to do something like this. Yeah, it's trying.
0: It's trying to capitalize on something instead of just. I hate saying this. Doing it for like the art of it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, having having enough space to do your own thing. Having
0: having a clear like direction and vision. Like this doesn't have a vision.
1: Yeah, and I think you know I think this is definitely uh, people who tried. But just maybe they weren't the right people to try. Yeah,
0: this, this, is, this is Fox seeing the amount of money and the amount of awards and acclaim that Lord of the Rings has made and then calling up seven different people. Is your schedule free? We got to get this out in the next two years. Well, like, it's,
1: it's the perfect thing. It's like, hey guys, it's Lord of the Rings, but Star Wars and we and have dragons. and we have a young like Harry Potter-esque lead. We, like,
0: and, and this is a, we're not having to make this up. There's books to adapt it from. It is a continuing series that is not over yet. And it's, it's
1: a young kid who we can probably get a, like a pretty good deal on for cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher for Paulini, I think made out perfectly fine. Uh, I don't think he, he was bothered too much by this movie, not succeeding, but like, you know, there's something to be said about you're negotiating with the warriors of a 15 year old versus like someone like Daniel handler, who, was a professional by that point and had done a lot of different work and had been around the block. Mm-hmm. It was probably a lot easier to get a good deal on this. Yeah. Um, and even then they couldn't make money. It's just such a, there. there's
0: just nothing like, you know, they have, I don't, I, don't I, I haven't read the book. I don't know if it's, there's just not enough of foundation to even get it going with.
1: There certainly isn't the first one. Yeah. I think that relationship with between Sephira and Aragon, that thing your dad missed when he saw the movie—if they had nailed that—that's—that's that's How to Train Your Dragon before How to Train Your Dragon. That's out. true. I just think
0: uh, you, you have, either have to extend the movie, or I, I that's they're going for this big action thing where I don't know that because there's not there's not really much action up until the final the final act.
1: Well, I think I think but the, they're
0: trying to get to the interesting stuff really fast.
1: I think the beats hit perfectly from the book and they carry them here it's just they're so they just kind of land flat here Mm -hmm. where it's like you have you established the threat with his uncle getting killed then you have them in the mud village and it's like God his uncle gets killed too yeah (laughs) it's everything man it's beat for beat wow (laughs) but then like it's him kind of coming into his own learning how to fight in the mud village then it's like his first real attempt out when he's saving Arya and then you have the big battle like I think those are natural beats to follow. It's just, you don't spend enough time like figuring out the progression there. It's like, it's like, well, how is he different in the final battle than he was in the mud village? I guess. An hour and a half has passed. I guess he did a lot of training off screen. (laughs) Safira has armor now. Two sets of it.
0: They did a tail flip. (laughs) They said, you're not ready for the tail earlier in the movie and now he's ready for the tail.
1: Yeah. Now that, all that being said, this is the worst this is the closest adaptation this is probably also the worst it's, we have it's watched. the blandest yes Yeah. I, I feel like it's the one that has the least because at least with the Percy Jackson which I'm not a fan of when they make changes they are having to put some thought into it Yeah. I don't think they're having to put too much thought into this Grover huge change from the book clear
0: vision with what they're doing 80s yeah.
1: big change from the book the, clear vision yeah like them just having to change from St. Louis to Nashville like they had to completely rethink the like the spatial geography of a scene. Yeah. And then I we both, you know, have you know, relatively positive feelings to the series of unfortunate events movie even if it has its problems. That one's got more structural problems
0: where it's having yeah. it, where it's just having to mitigate uh the future and plan a finale based off the finale of the first book and it putting three books into one
1: thing. But ultimately like you know, I've talked on and off about how my younger self I was a purist mm-hmm. I think this is the perfect nail in the coffin in that type of like character development for me where it's like I can now acknowledge now that I'm you know no no longer a kid the problems with this is that it sticks too close to the book mm-hmm. like if they had been a little bit more flexible with things maybe they would cut some characters maybe they'd cut some uh some story beats they could have come up with something a little bit that would have flown a little bit better,
0: yeah, I mean, like I said, haven't read the book don't can't can't speak too much to the adaptional changes, but like adaptional changes need to be made,
1: yeah, it's called adapting for a
0: reason yeah they're they to to stay topical they or uh, why am I saying to stay topical? We never stay topical to be topical, House of the dragons has to make some pretty big changes to what is. 200 pages of an 800 page book for to get you to care about anything going on in that first season.
1: That all that being said, though, mm-hmm. I did still have a good time with this movie.
0: Oh, I was bored out of my <laughs> cranium. <laughs> it's so bland.
1: Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing here, but like. I, I think it's and also un- I was
0: having to like fight against the false memories that were implanted in my mind of this movie, right? I've seen this once in 2007 yeah. and, and I like don't remember any of this, but the stuff I do remember is completely mixed up.
1: I think this is only the positive. I, I have only the positive uh, elements of nostalgia mm-hmm. rewatching this where it's like this is just like visiting a younger version of me. And yes, it's bad. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not mad at myself, like my young 2006 self for liking it either. Oh, no. Um, I'm not mad with my like young 2008 self for getting this on the Y uh, rewards website. <laughs> um, I will never watch it again. That being said, I, I totally, I totally get why a young Caleb who already loved fantasy stuff and Star Wars would have latched onto this so much.
0: So uh, we had, I, I forget if we talked about it a little bit. But Disney is now the copyright owner of the film adaptation of this. It is there is a TV series a Disney Plus TV series for Aragon in production now. What changes do they make to make it succeed?
1: Well, okay. I feel I like I forgot
0: if we talked about this on the Percy Jackson episode or not, but I, I don't, feel like I feel like that one's a lot easier. That that, that one's stick closer to the book. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, this one is a little bit more challenging because I feel like you have to go beyond Aragon to like talk about the problems with adapting this. Mm-hmm. Specifically, that Eldis and Brissinger are just exposition dumps. They're him learning magic. They're him learning lore. Dear God. It's it's a <laughs> lot. It is like the Cimmerillion of not as well written, but it's like the Cimmerillion. So you have
0: say you have eight episodes for season one of Aragon covering Aragon. You
1: can easily just do Aragon.
0: Yeah, like, you, you can. And I think you can do that dragon growing stuff that you miss out the thing i think the problem here is you're gonna lose a lot of viewers interest if you spend like four episodes if if they don't nail that relationship again
1: yes that's true but i think i think it's very easy to nail that relationship i think the problem now is that people are going to be comparing it to how to train your dragon that's true um and we have a bunch of other i mean hopefully they market this solely towards kids Because if they try to market it towards adults, adults are just going to compare this to House House of the the Dragon Dragon, and Rings of Power. Yeah. Which which won't work for. A lot
0: lot of people lost interest in Rings of Power like immediately because that was such a slow start.
1: But I think what you do is... So his brother in this is... His clone. Yeah, well, they do look (laughs) very similar in this. In the second book, he does a lot of stuff. And like any plot that's in the book is on him. And so what I think you have to do is kind of bring some of that stuff forward and maybe speed up uh, him learning, like pull some of the stuff he learns in Eldest and insert it here while also buffing up the brother's part, like plot. Mm-hmm. I think that helps. That would help adapt this the most. But it's going to be a challenge for them. I think they'll be able to do it. I, you know, it's not, it's not something like Percy Jackson where I'm going to be there day one to watch it. But I hope it works. I think I've been saying for a long time if they adapt this, it should be a TV show. And I usually don't say that about things. Like I think Percy Jackson should be movies. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think there's enough story there for a season of television.
0: I don't think so either. I think. I think. I think they're going to struggle pretty hard to fill an entire season of that kind of stuff. Like it works as a book, but there's plenty of stuff you can cut from a book. Like when it's that episodic of a journey.
1: But I think because Aragon doesn't have a good overarching plot. I think you'll have better luck cutting into chunks. Yeah, because my thing is, is
0: man, this is boring in an hour and a half. And, you know, maybe it's missing stuff. You say it's pretty beat for beat. So I'm like, you stretch that out into like six hours or eight hours or whatever it may be. Beat
1: for beat in the sense that all the beats they have are in the book. There are also a lot more beats in the book. Okay, Like they cut so much. (laughs) Like the fortune teller is a whole character. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe if, I've been getting back into reading I'm about to wrap up uh song of ice and fire. So maybe, you know, I'll go to the inheritance cycle. It's something I missed as a kid. Then, you know, it's still pretty highly regarded
1: for the most part. I don't think it's bad. I think that it has clear issues. You know, it's weird. Don't like fantasy, but those are the kind of books I read the most. You do. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, I actually think you'll have a better time getting through those than you had getting through the witcher.
0: I mean, as long as they're not doing stupid names that like witcher's base problems is that it's it's just way too high of fantasy and there's just way too like foreign of words that they're trying to make stick, but they just don't
1: stick. Well, this does have its entire terrible pacing. This has its entire magic language.
0: I would say Aragon is more. It's, that that was one of my complaints. They're they're talking about they bronze show and Aragon the magic language, and I'm just like these are just made up words. Like
1: there's there's no rhyme or reason to why these words sound like they do. It's Christopher it's Christopher Paolini's biggest problem with it too. I remember an inter- interview him being like, "What would you change?" He's like, "I would fix the magic system," but I feel like I feel like it is it has the veneer of high fantasy, like there are the elves mm-hmm. and there's the dragons and all that stuff, but it's pop fantasy at its core.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll read it. Who knows? I want to read more. I've been doing it. That was one of my resolutions this year, and by God, I I did it.
1: Oh, you sure have! How many books would you say you actually enjoyed though?
0: Uh probably read about like thirteen this year. I think I saw half because half of those have been Witcher books. Yeah, which I'm not having a great. I I started out really liking, and then the main plot kicked in. <laughs> I started really not having a fun time with it when it was just episodic side stories. It was really good, but yeah i really enjoyed game of thrones uh you know the the ballad of songbirds and snakes was decent enough it was interesting the final fantasy book that was canceled dlc i enjoyed
1: what was your favorite what, what would be your recommendation
0: to the listener oh, i mean sacrifice empire is pretty darn good yeah <laughs> i know
1: i know the big thing is if it's never gonna have a man is it a good book series yeah, surprise, surprise! The the book series that's been hailed as a great fantasy series for decades the, the, is still the criti- good. The
0: critically acclaimed shows based off the criti- critically acclaimed books is critically acclaimed.
1: The the series written by like a consummate professional is better than the one written by a fifteen year old. <laughs> yeah, I I you know we won't probably follow up on the podcast, but I do think I do think it'd be interesting for us to just have that conversation if you do read Aragon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because it's a formality, is this hot trash no
0: it's 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 a bland
1: trash that I didn't even realize got put in the trash can. I think with the right group of people, you could have a really fun time roasting this. That wasn't our experience no I don't know. I think <laughs> there's goofy muff stuff in this movie for sure, but you,
0: i th- there's just not enough here. Let your kid watch it. I think your kid would have a good time with
1: it, yeah, it did
0: this movie's PG. Like, yeah, this is aimed at children.
1: Yeah. And that will open doors or at least for me, it opened doors into reading this very long series. Um, And you know, it's good to, it's good to engross kids imagination and stuff. So Joe, next time we're returning to theaters. Is this going to be next time? Yeah. This will be our, this will be our, uh, our Christmas episode.
0: Okay. Wow. Really putting it all in this movie, basically. (laughs) to try to save this bland year
1: so six six episodes seven episodes since we've been in been to theater has it really been wow. yeah yeah what are where are you most looking forward to
0: i don't know we go to it's not like we're it's not like we haven't been to the theater true i'm hoping i'm hoping for an empty theater it's been a long time since we've gone to like to seek out like a hot trash movie in theaters where we were able to riff on the movie at the same time yeah i think that is a big part of, <laughs> the, of, of succeeding in these well we,
1: we got to do that with what the one piece movie but <laughs> we we have to do that with kind of with pray for the devil kind of but that there were more people there, there were so people in we there and and smile we, we
0: were we were able to do a little bit of it with but yeah they, yeah you know this podcast has beaten
1: us down <laughs> in the in the horror department of things i think uh here's what i'll say i wanted to move away from going to the theater however with the theater holds that these miniseries haven't is an unknown factor. The, this movie does not have a reputation yet.
0: All and we have so, is the trailer.
1: And so, Joe, what are we watching next uh, Next episode?
0: I do not know the name of this movie. Violent Night. Violent Night, okay. I was, I was like, Bad Santa? <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure that's a movie already. <laughs> it is.
1: Uh, this is the Daniel Handler uh, Santa Claus. That but
0: is not his name. Whatever, it's David Harbour.
1: David Harbour. <laughs> Daniel Handler <laughs> let me stick it, it. let me <laughs> stick it coming in from the rafters this is David Harbour's uh, Santa Claus but he beats people up movie much like the Mel Gibson <laughs> seasons by- of beatings much like the Mel Gibson Santa Claus but he shoots people movie from yeah. a little bit ago I like that movie <laughs> I didn't so I'm looking more forward to this one